0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming to another episode of Adventures in Angular. I'm your host, Aaron Frost. And today on the panel, we have Jennifer Wadella from Romania.
1: Romanian Oi.
0: Oi. <laughs> we have Alyssa Nichol, not at the Buckies.
1: No, no. I am podcasting from my kitchen, and I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah. And Brian Love from Munich. Hello, that's what they say over there, right? That's, you got it. Hello, hello. As our guest, we have a narwhal, a narwhal rock star, really, Wes Grimes. What's up,
1: Wes? Where I'm, are you at?
0: I am in Florida.
2: So, uh, yep.
1: Which, wait, which part are you near the Disney's?
2: I am. I'm like 30 minutes from Disney. So, oh, oh wow, so do
1: you have a mouse pass.
2: No, I don't. <laughs> I know. I need Uh, to. The the look on
0: Alyssa's face is like, Uh, what? (laughs)
3: That was serious (laughs) disapproval. I know.
0: I know. This podcast just got weird.
4: (laughs) 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 And it wasn't me. It was this (laughs) time. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. You're famous
0: for the NGRX. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about. And you're also famous for the Narwhal. We could talk about that too, if you want to. How'd you get involved with NGRX? Seems so complex. I got
2: involved with it uh, at a previous company. I was building a a mobile application in Ionic, and we needed state management. We were dealing with a lot of data flowing from the back end, and we needed to handle that in a good way you know in the in the mobile application and so we landed on uh, ngrx and you know it was on me as the lead engineer to figure out how it worked and uh to make that's it work so for cool. us
1: how long yeah. ago was that
2: uh that'd be uh, say about 2 years ago okay so yeah
1: wow so you went from hey we need you to architect something in this to being famous for it like that's awesome
2: <laughs> I, yeah it's kind of crazy um it was kind of a uh, like a 180 for sure what happened was I ended up I ended up coming up with a way you know a structure for doing it, and I wrote an article in May of 2018. That article I think it's hit like 200 thousand views now or something on oh, Medium.
1: sick Can we link yeah. it? I want to link yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I will.
2: I will put that in there. And you know, basically, it's just like a best practices for NGRX: how to structure your store. You know, how now you was do your that followers. article did
1: it come from everything you learned? It like yep. went with that Ionic app.
2: It was literally, I needed to document what I did for the other developers on the team. And so I said, all right, let's write an article. And I didn't think anyone would read it, honestly.
1: Really? Like you just, (laughs)
2: that's,
1: (laughs) at what moment did you go, oh, this is big?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it was like the second week after it was out there. um, I had hit like 20,000 views and I'm like, oh my goodness. And, you know, it was was good content, I guess, but it was also a good title and the search engine optimization. And so it just so happens you search NGRX, you know, best practice, it's like the top hit. So that's kind of my thrust into it. And then from then on, it's just like, I want to help other people really like understand how to use it because Mm -hmm. it is this mystical machine and it's overwhelming and (laughs)
3: Oh it,
1: my gosh, Mystical Machine. Someone <laughs> wrote that right now. That's awesome. Oh, goodness.
0: <laughs> it is that. It is the Mystical Machine. Uh, that
3: sounds like the next state management library, to be honest. Mystical uh, Machine. Oh
1: my God, my, I would. Yeah, say.
0: instead of X-State. <laughs> Jennifer, make it. Make it. I would use it.
3: Oh yeah. my goodness. I, already, I still haven't done the last one we talked about that I forgot the name of.
0: Mystical Machine is the new best name.
3: Do you all know who
1: just entered the fray? That
0: Guess who's it? here. You guys-
1: yeah, come on, come on. Get a guess.
0: <laughs> Is he lurking?
1: He's lurking. He's, He's lurking, lurking in the, in the shadows. Oh. Shy, can rest. you
0: see what I'm doing? <laughs> yo, yo, yo,
5: shy. Why? I'm watching you. Why do you have a shirt on though? <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> kind of weird.
1: I know. It's uh, so not your mo. <laughs>
5: yeah, because uh, we are uh, not all guys this time. So uh, yeah,
0: but that's never stopped <laughs> in the past, bro.
5: <laughs> yeah, in <laughs> Israel right. it's common. It's common. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah.
1: Are you okay Shy, we all told like where we're from like right now? Where are you at? This is a new space for you. Maybe- yeah, this
5: is a. I'm at a client office. So that's why I was teaching RxJS until uh no. Shut
1: the front door. Or
5: shut yes. the front door. Yeah. So I, I just what were you teaching to- about it? Oh, just the basics like uh cold observables and stuff like that. But I don't want to take attention from our guest, Wes. What's West up?
0: We grinds. Not much.
2: Not much. Living the dream for sure. <laughs> Done in Florida. <laughs>
5: oh, riding unicorns?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Se- <laughs> seafaring unicorns. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Normally he would be like the closest person on the show to you, but today we've got two of the panelists over in Europe. So, mm-hmm. so there yeah. you. we got other people closer to you today, Shy.
1: You should feel yeah. loved. Yeah. I am.
5: So did you talk about all the best practices of our NGRX? Already? No, we
1: just dove in. We just dove in yeah, and we're talking entered. about his article that he wrote with the best practices and how yeah. hella popular it is.
2: Nice. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, recently I found out these organizations are like using it as guides for how they build. And this one guy created schematics library called NGRX Enterprise. So,
0: <laughs> Based off of your blog.
2: Based off of my blog, yeah.
1: Now, you told us that you didn't expect it to be, you know, that popular of a blog. Like once it hit that popularity, were you worried like, oh, I should have written it differently? Or are you pretty satisfied (laughs) still with how you wrote? That's Um, a really good
6: question. You
2: know, I was pretty satisfied with how it came out, honestly, because I had shared it as an internal resource uh, previously. And so the team had kind of offered their feedback on, you know, like syntax errors and things like that. No, it had but, already
1: gotten tested internally. So you felt comfortable. Yeah.
2: Okay, cool. And <laughs> thankfully I got buy-in from my, you know, my boss that said it was okay to put it out there cause you don't always get that. So, so that was cool.
3: Uh, I have a random question. Do you have analytics set up to track the posts?
2: I don't. I'm so new oh. to all this, so I need, I need to <laughs> send me the tips.
3: <laughs> oh, because sometimes it's really, really fun when you have a popular article to go and look at the search queries it took to get there because pretty so often you see the most random things. So I was hoping there would be something oh, fun, funny. fun in that oh, data cool. set. But yes, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: I'll, I'll teach you how to <laughs> analytics later.
0: Okay. It's,
3: oh, it's oh like,
0: goodness. what's some the – give me an example because I was going to go down a weird path. Give me an example. <laughs> give us an example.
3: Okay. All right. So um, my blog, like, I do wait, a lot wait, of wait. stuff about –
5: Frosty, go down that do it. path, please. Do it. Do it. it. <laughs> do it. Uh-oh. Share. Uh-oh. Share
0: with I was going to do like bathing cats with mayonnaise and like.
1: <laughs> and that gets you to West Coast. And West West. then like you're on what? Well, you're like best practices, know, like, West practices West for West. NCRX. Sure. Oh, so,
2: cool. No, that's my other article actually. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, why yeah, I'm here. <laughs>
1: oh, that's
5: called Monday in Israel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Monday.
1: <laughs> Jennifer, tell us a real one. Tell us a real one.
3: Oh, okay. So I do a lot of Angular blogging, but uh, sometimes I also blog about cooking or meal prepping. And my favorite Mm -hmm. query that I've seen so far is, uh, bitch love tacos. Oh yeah. Wait,
1: this
3: got got like your recipe? (laughs) I think I might've mentioned like taco sauce somewhere. And like uh, the way of my writing and blog posts, I might say something like bitch love. And so there's a search query that hit was bitch love tacos.
1: (laughs) That's Frosty,
5: isn't it your uh, rep name? Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. Like, his underworld rap. we don't talk about yeah, it on the
0: show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, like sorry,
5: sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. For yeah. Exciting. I always
0: have a mask on <coughs> <laughs> my whistleblower. That's my whistleblower. Rapidly. <laughs> can
6: I just, can I just say, I feel like we're getting a little off topic. All right. All right yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get back to the beats
1: <laughs> on <laughs> the NGRX. So I Wes, was to these tips. Yeah.
0: So I just, I want to hear the best practice, but I also want to hear how has Wes affected NGRX?
2: Honestly, the the blog post was just the start, and I've learned so much since then that I probably am going to revise and revisit that article. Um, kind of in the middle of that, but if if we go back to the article, I think you know, really the the crux of it was how do I organize my store? You know, how do I store it in the file system? That was one of the biggest things. It's like where do we put these things? And so the article kind of just goes through this concept of creating. Honestly, a module for each feature slice in the store. And so, you know, an Angular NG module. And so the idea is that module can encapsulates the reducer, the selectors, the actions and effects, you know, for that particular slice. So if for instance you have like this mobile app has like posts and comments, you know, it's like a Facebook clone type app. You might have a feature slice for posts and one for comments. And the post would be its own store mo- you know NGRX store module basically. And then that way to make use of it, you just import the module. Kind of the second concept in that is is I kind of introduced the idea of using barrels to group up and namespace those those bits. And so you would just basically have an index.ts file, right? And you would export your actions with a, you know, something like post store actions and you know post store selectors post store reducer and so those would be bundled up and then when you go to use them you have that public api that you interact with and you don't it's have to just import a lot from user. like
0: 30 files you just import from yeah. the store folder
2: yeah and i think one of the benefits of that too is is a lot of folks when they use using they are like i don't know what all my actions are like I can do a store.dispatch, but then there's this part where I have to pass it in action. Where do I get that from? And a lot of the developers on my team were confused. You know, where do I go to reach in and get those? And so I said, all right, let's just have like a public API to group those together. And I say public API, it's, it's just TypeScript, in, you know, index TS files.
0: So it's like what people yeah. do in NPM. Like they have their public API file and that's, that's what the package JSON points to. And that thing just exports everything that's important to that file.
2: Exactly. You know, there's definitely gotchas that I know about with barrels. Like circular dependencies are really easy to run into.
0: Yeah. So, Did your blog post put, cover that? Because I've gotten into those scenarios where. Yeah, same here. Like the, the CLI just vomits. Like it sees a barrel file, and like one day yeah. it's fine with it, the next day it hates it. So. Yeah, it, it
6: does
2: but not you, cover. You have to spend
1: your morning debugging it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You have to follow the
2: path and unwind the spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes. it's wonky.
0: It's, I, it's yeah. like barrel files are so cool, but the, the hard time that the CLI has with it makes me not use them, which sucks. Yeah. But they are, where possible, they're super, super efficient.
1: So, yeah. I mean, like, is the CLI getting better with them? Or what's the, the goal there? You think, it is, you think it's because of the nature of it that it's always going to be messy?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's a, an issue with the CLI, honestly. I think it's just, it literally is that code is being imported in one place and used right. and then re-imported. Like, it's a true circular dependency. And so, like, for instance, if you're inside of this this public API, like in that one feature state, and you import actions inside your effects file, if you import them using the barrel, then you're going to, like, re-import the effects yeah. And then re-export it. And so it's really easy to do. You could probably create linting rules, honestly, to if you if you were at a big organization and needed to do that to say if you're inside this folder, you should not be using Don't use the barrel. The barrel.
0: Yeah, don't use uh, the barrel
2: inside the
3: barrel. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: So are there any other gotchas that you've run into that people need to be aware of? Like outside of barrels?
2: Outside of barrels, I mean honestly, there's Working at Narwhal, um, I've had the pleasure of seeing a lot of code bases and uh, a lot of them, a lot of our clients use NGRX. And so we've been able to really help them with some issues. And so, you know, some of some of those from a you know very basic general level, we still see a lot of scenarios where they're not making use of selectors. Maybe there's um, like we're going back to this example of the posts and you have a list of posts um, that someone's made. And you need to say, I want to give me the, you know, the posts for this specific user, um, maybe the top five. And so what we'll see them doing is they'll just use the top level, you know, state property and then just select that in their component and then turn around and do a dot pipe and map inside the component. There's a few problems with that. Number one, I mean, when you use selectors to their fullest, You're getting the benefit of all the tests that we have in place on NGRX. So we test everything heavily. We test to make sure, you know, the the piping and the mapping is working properly. You know, some of the other things that the benefits you get with selectors are you get built in memoization. And that's a big deal. I mean, if we're using this, you know, there's and there's lots of data flowing through the application. Maybe the the input doesn't change. Right. If it's a pure function inputs. Uh, you know, no, there's no side effects inside of it. And so if the inputs don't change, then in theory, the output shouldn't change. Yeah. And so we don't need to refire that, that function. And so we memoize it. We also do things like distinct until changed automatically. And so it's not going to re-emit that
0: observable. If you try and take a value from a selector and then pipe it to something else, you're losing out on that distinct until changedness and some of that yep. stuff. Yeah, Exactly. And the other thing is, it, whatever you needed to do in your pipe, probably someone else needed to do that in another section mm-hmm. of the app. That's so really by point. putting it back up in the selectors, it's now reusable, not just in your component, but other components. So I, I, I agree that is not the best idea. Yeah. Even if you're going to do your pipe and do your non-selector-based thing, like even if you're like, eh, I'm done with NGRX at this point, do that up in... Still do that thing in the selectors file, like mm-hmm. so it's reusable, right? Like, don't ever do those things in the component. Don't make the component understand the business logic behind what it took to get the thing it needs.
2: Hundred percent agree. I mean, yeah. I, I've taken it a step further, and you know, if you think back to like you know .dot NET Java days, and you're building uh, model view view model applications, like I I tend to create my selectors as view models. If I have this complex component that requires all these you know, these different data elements from different slices of store, I'll create one selector that is my view model. And so I only have one observable I'm subscribing to with a pipe async, you know, for that component. And that's it. Testing becomes easier. If you're working with these different slices of store, you don't have to work with it in RxJS. You don't have to map and transform and and filter and all these things, you can do it in synchronous JavaScript, honestly. You're going to work with that one value at that point. And so that, I, I would say that's definitely another benefit. Things are a lot easier to work with, you know, in the in the synchronous world up front. So that's a big one for me, is that anytime I'm looking at client's code and I see them doing like a store.select and then immediately piping, I'm like, uh, let's move that up a level, you know, to the selector.
0: Do, do another select, yeah.
2: Selectors are so easy to create, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, I know we so, don't use the word easy, but...
0: Yeah, it, it, never we, use easy when talking <laughs> about NGRX. but...
3: <laughs> How about pragmatic?
0: It's pragmatic. <laughs> yeah. That- I don't know. It's a bit dogmatic for some people, though. But <laughs> let's say, it kind of, Wes, I think what you're describing is a little bit what Thomas Burleson talks about in doing facades and kind of keeping the store-based-ish behind a facade so mm-hmm. that the components don't ever understand the store at all. They just say service dot observable and they don't mm-hmm. know anything else besides the service. Right. Yeah. It sounds like, and maybe I misinterpreting what you're saying. It sounds like you're saying, Hey, keep your store stuff isolated from your component stuff. Yeah. I mean,
2: I'm still advocating for injecting store into, into the, the component,
0: component. Okay. But
2: But I'm saying you're literally dispatch, you would dispatch, and you would maybe use one or more selectors, but that's it. Okay. Um, And in fact, I take it as far as I only inject the store in my components. And so it becomes really easy to test these things. So So, you
0: don't use facades? I do not. Oh, Okay.
2: I haven't seen the value personally in implementing those, and I've seen a lot of misuse of facades.
1: I don't really understand the difference because, you know, you're saying that Thomas Burleson's saying, oh, use facades for this exact same thing. So what's the difference?
0: I thought Wes was saying do that, but he's saying, no, don't do that.
2: Yeah, I would say understand NGRX first before using facades because if you don't, then you're going to probably all right. Implement them incorrectly. We
0: got to a spot where we can have a discussion. A debate. A debate, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's be honest. It's a debate. So I I don't think people should be in NGRX for things where they don't need it. So I kind of have a different approach. I think you should code the facade pattern before you use NGRX.
6: With subjects, right?
0: With subjects or whatever state you're going to do before that. Sure. And then that way, when you've coded that facade API nothing that consumes the API changes when you actually change to to use NGRX. Like when you right. change your app to be like, hey, I'm going to use NGRX now. This got sufficiently complex. With the what? API the stays identical.
5: The components will consume observables, right? That yeah. they need, but yeah. they won't need to know about the store and selectors and all that stuff, which are more like NGRX implementation details or the pattern details. And uh, they will just say, okay, I need these. Give bodies. me this observable. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I was just going to say that with what Wes is working with, it sounds like he's working with people and companies that are committed to NGIS. All the way to
0: NGIS. Already. Yes. And so yes.
1: he, he's at the point where he's like, look, you've committed to using this. Yeah. Use it. Why use Why use a facade? It. Don't yeah. use a facade until you yeah. are like like fully into it. Whereas yeah. Frosty's on the other side of like, hey, maybe you don't need NGRX, right. just use the side API and get on. Because you it. haven't
6: committed to it
2: yet, right. Yeah.
1: right?
2: yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, if we think about the context of what I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with really large organizations with several hundred developers on these teams, right? And so we need patterns in place. And there's normally a core group of developers that kind of decide what those patterns are, and so we need those in place. We need the team to follow them, and so for us, you know, the places we go to, we found NGRX is a really good way of doing things, and it scales really well. That's our, you know, our use case for it, and we're really in, in talking about embracing it less as of a, as a drop-in state management library and more as a framework. More as a way of doing things reactively. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You could you could use facades and start out, and it might work fine. You know, service with the subject. But if the app ever scales to any point, you need to implement patterns across teams. You might eventually want to look at something like NgRx. So, but but that's correct, yeah. Alyssa. From the start, I'm dealing with I'm dealing with folks that have bought into it as as the thing to use. So. And they're looking question. for
6: that opinionated pattern, right? I mean, yeah. as part of the reason why they've adopted it and committed to NGRX is they said, we want a pattern that all of our developers can follow. And so because NGRX has this very well-prescribed pattern, it's easy for them to kind of adopt that and, and run with it. Right.
5: Which, by the way, this is the thing I really like about NGRX, We they have a pattern. I feel like we need to have more patterns, like more people will take stand and say, okay, this is the pattern, this is what we, n- we need to use. It's slightly different because NGRX has its use cases. And I wonder, Wes, um, like from your experience, and you have a-, a lot of experience with NGRX, what are the downsides of using it Like that you saw? Probably made you write the post, but uh, maybe maybe others that you didn't write about, or just in yeah. general, what are the downsides?
2: You- I think the downsides would be, and I don't know if it's a down, downside, but it's folks jumping in and using it before they really understand it. That becomes very problematic because they've they've dove into a world they don't really get and they get themselves into to holes that are hard to back out of. And so, you know, the downside would probably be the upfront investment costs, the learning curve. That's a short-term, you know, issue that is resolved with, with training and understanding.
6: I've also heard Wes that, I mean, we're talking about facades and NGRX and the complexity here. You know, I've heard some people basically say, Hey, maybe facades is a way to, you know, if you've got people on your team that don't understand NGRX to kind of hide that away. Right. Mm-hmm. And now they just have a facade that they can interact with and Hey, get me posts, get me comments or whatever it is that I need my component. And mm-hmm. I don't really have to be concerned with why hide it. so easy. And, yeah. why hide. So, so I don't know. I, but I've I've heard this argument, right? It's yeah, like yeah. hey, oh, the this, yeah. this shelters, that team yeah. or these,
0: yeah.
6: you know, whoever.
2: Yeah, I agree. Know? I totally get it. The the only the only counter argument I would say to that is if you're gonna use facade, you might design your application in a way that you're compromising on architecture because your staff don't fully understand how to use it. And I would hate to make architectural decisions based on that. For example, your actions might be more command-based if it's a facade, and so you might re- you tend to reuse actions. And st- something like get posts would be an action, as opposed to hey this this uh, modal opened or this page was routed to. That's an event.
1: How painful and- is it to go from one to the other? I mean, let's say your company you know makes these decisions and then like realizes it. Is it pretty? Yeah rough um
2: it's not too bad i mean it's you you're kind of having to unwind the the tree though because you got to go everywhere those actions are dispatched and create unique ones and then put it back together like i said i'm not like saying facades are bad um i think you just need to understand how ngrx works before using them sure
4: hey are you working on a complex enterprise angular application Angular Bootcamp is an intensive three-day workshop class to learn the basics of Angular through sophisticated techniques for real-world applications. They update the class regularly for the most current Angular, and a lot of the curriculum is also relevant to older versions. Or you can go beyond the three-day class with help from Oasis Digital, the team behind Angular Bootcamp. They can assist your team or launch your project, including scalability, data flow, state management, service architecture, full-stack product design, and a ton more or you can contact them for a private class at your location or attend public classes in cities around the U.S. and occasionally in Europe. Online live instructor training is also available at angularbootcamp.com.
0: I think my only holdup is I'm dealing with a lot of people who don't know Angular. Mm -hmm. And so when it's like, hey, you got to learn Angular and TypeScript Mm -hmm. and modern JavaScript and Mm -hmm. RxJS and this other thing that's, the it, most complex a, of all of those things. Of all those things, NJRX is the most complex.
1: Yeah, that's a steep and so cliff. Thing. I'm
0: just like, don't do the last one. Do most of it. And then when you need the last one, let's have conversations. And so, and I'm still dealing with big teams. 60 people, 60 developers sure. on the team. Still big. Still really big. If I walked into a team where everyone was as smart as Wes, I'd be like, hey, alright. And I knew I wasn't going to have to deal with <laughs> People not as smart as Wes. I'd be People like, all right, teams? crack
5: the knuckles. <laughs> we're going to use NGRX, so we have a good tests. I don't probably. think. I don't think it's it's the context of this conversation because we're assuming that okay, we have we have an organization or a large team that already use NGRX, and now mm. like I, I I want like if you may, Wes, complete your answer. You said that you started by saying that the disadvantage is the steep learning curve, right? What other, like, you know, I don't know, edge cases or stuff like that, that you saw or might be a downside to using Because every technology has upsides and downsides, right? Yeah. So curious about the downside.
2: I guess it's one of those things. It, 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 in In a way, it might slow some of the development, like velocity, in that you're going to be forced to think, about things reactively. So if you're using NGRX, you're going to, you're going to be forced to think about this concept of I dispatch an action here, but then something somewhere else in my state machine needs to react to that. And so inherently it's going to force you to, to slow down and think about those things, which may not be a downside. I mean, I don't know. That's
5: all I've got. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, I call it like, I don't think it's, so it's sort of reactively, but you could say that ArcGIS subscribing is also react, reactive. Sure. Uh, maybe it's like uh, this disconnection or we said it like Actually. in the last episode, we talked about a word that described that. But it's more like like a public, I don't know, event bu- uh, global mm-hmm. event bus, right? Where you yeah. just emit uh, some value and somebody catches it, but you don't see the immediate connection. Uh, yes. Unlike maybe subscribing to a specific... It's
0: like, I'm going to compare it to something that would be considered bad, but it's exactly the same in my mind. So in AngularJS, and I'll compare it to this because I know a lot of our listeners understand AngularJS, even if they don't understand NGRX yet. It was generally not okay to do a root scope broadcast and to just send data to everybody. And that wasn't because (laughs) that's not an okay pattern. It's because AngularJS was not very performant whenever you did those things. It kind of caused a lot of superfluous change detection that happen. Mm-hmm. And, but really NGRX is like having the root scope broadcast all over again. You just, instead of broadcasting random strings, it's a lot more organized where you have to say only broadcast these certain actions. And then anyone who wants to get the root scope can listen to them. But in this case, it's instead of root scope, it's the NGRX store. And yep. anyone can listen to it and get out of where they want. So
1: oh, that's so, a cool metaphor. It's yeah, it's it almost
0: identical to the Root Scope broadcast, except for that it's got a lot more framework to make the craziness that people were doing with Root Scope Broadcasting to be more sane. And without all the and without all the, the change detection. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly.
1: That was brilliant.
2: Yeah. I mean it is very much it's just a, it's almost like a pub sub pattern,
5: right? So yeah. But what you said about the facades and the difference is that NGRX forces you to do the actions. Like you cannot avoid calling, like dispatching an action in order to change something. And uh, on the other side, you cannot avoid subscribing by calling like a selector or something like that on the store. So it forces you this like uh, separation And you said you saw people misusing like the facade pattern where they are doing stuff like like setting an action, which is just a method and Mm -hmm. doing like get an observable. I don't see it as a disadvantage that much because you're getting something and you have like set and get right. So the sets are the actions and the get are the, you know, getters probably. I wonder if you can elaborate on that. And, and after that, Jennifer, you have a question. So sorry about that.
2: <laughs> so just, just h- how have I seen folks misuse facades? Yeah. Yeah. So in general, what I've seen is you'll have a facade for maybe each slice of the store. So maybe we'll have a posts facade and a comments facade. And then I'll see an action that is something, it, it's, it's a command to do something. Maybe it's like add post. And inside that they say, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some service things. I'm gonna also I'm gonna call a dispatch, but then I'm gonna immediately do a this dot store dot select and subscribe to that. And then inside the subscribe, I'm gonna dispatch something else. And so they hop from imperative land into like observable land and then back into imperative land. And so it's like back and forth. And that kind of stuff is really hard to to manage and trace the flow of of what's going on, even in dev tools, like Redux dev tools versus like, let's get out of that, doing that in the facade and going into maybe doing that with effects where we map things inside the observable stream, as opposed to hopping in and out again, not to mention, you know, you, if you, folks will forget to, you know, like unsubscribe or do a take until. And, and so you get memory leaks everywhere.
0: That's the same though. Don't you think that's the same? regardless of whether you're using facades or not. Yeah, you can do not. it
5: in the component, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't oh, yeah. change whether uh, you're using facades or not.
2: No, but what, what happens is I think folks are more comfortable in a service doing those types of things because they think they're they're able to hide behind this one method that does this thing. And they say, well, actually, I'm going to do some other things. And then another developer comes along and says, well, let me add in, I need to get my feature in, so let me add in my piece. And they don't have a good pattern in place to handle that, and so they think it's okay just to do it in the service, in the facade service. What I've seen, at least, is is encourage that.
0: Yeah, I think in both scenarios, you're at risk of that exact same thing happening, especially when you add in the fourth dimension of time to your code base. But I could see how the facades might encourage that just by allowing the developer to not understand what's in the facade, Mm -hmm. right? They don't understand what's in it, so they just go, "But I'm going to be imperative again and while you as you're saying that i I'm, I'm currently trying to get better at teaching people imperative versus declarative, mm-hmm. so I think we might have thrown a lot of listeners for loop because most people don't understand the definition of that as, as it pertains to code, and so just right. if you don't, read because imperative code and reactive programming is not a good thing, so yeah. Listen to what Wes just said and think about it because it's it's important to understand.
3: That just leads to a question I was gonna ask is like we've talked about why to use it or why not to use it, but back to an enterprise situation where you've got a big team of varying levels of money they can kind of use, you know, NGRX or they kind of understand imperative programming. Are there like good holistic strategies teams should employ to kind of get everybody moving in the right direction?
2: That's a good question. Good holistic strategies to get teams getting down that road, and I would say probably the first best way to to maybe start using NinjaRex is to request data from the server. For me, I love I love that pattern. It's uh, it's easy. I keep saying easy, but it's straightforward to implement. In that, I need to request data from the server, and I need to handle that response and put it into my store. And so, maybe you have a an HTTP get call to get posts and on success, you would put that in a post property in the store. And then on error, you would populate maybe an error property in your store. And while things are in flight, you could set the loading indicator to true. And so you could show a spinner and that's just like, you could do that one thing in the store and it would handle a lot of common use cases, Um, you know, error handling, showing loading indicators, and, and requesting the data without having to subscribe to it. I know you can do that with services, you know, as a, with a subject and all that. Fine as well. But I think it's a good way to get your feet wet and yeah. to understand it.
0: I think it's good whether you're doing <clears> services <throat> with a subject or in I think what Jennifer's saying is, how do we force the team to learn this stuff? And one way where you have to learn to be reactive, otherwise your app is not going to work. So it forces you to do this. Is if you on, on your component if you if you change your change detection strategy to on push to on push yep. instead of the default change detection because right. the, the default change detection lets you do imperative coding and have um, yeah just unintended everything. side effects yeah. happening yeah. sure
5: and yeah. it's totally yeah.
0: fine to do that but on push anything that zones would fix the default change detection takes care of but if you want to say hey I only want reactive programming in here. I only want people to use the inputs on a component or to use observable and async pipe, which I think is a good thing to say. Mm-hmm. And with NGRX, you're kind of saying that. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think yeah. that just saying, hey, next thing you build, turn that off, and I guarantee you won't be able to build it. if you're You won't be able to build it wrong because otherwise the UI just won't work. And so it yeah. forces you mm-hmm. to, to do something. So I would say... If you want to do an exercise, build something with that off, and you'll know if you're doing it imperatively or reactively. You know.
2: And if you have a lot of mark for check, you might have a problem.
0: Yeah, and if you're (laughs) having to say mark for check, then you know you're doing something wrong. Yeah, exactly. That would be the quintessential red flag. That or the quintessential red flag is I'm doing something and the DOM isn't updating.
6: (laughs) That's where I'm calling detect (laughs) changes, or I have to mark it for change manually. Right. Yeah,
0: and that's yeah. when it's like okay you're not doing it right, right. and right. so we either need to teach you how to do it right or we just need to accept we need to turn the default change detection back on because we're not the code that I
5: copied from Stack Overflow or yeah. from that other component doesn't work
0: it doesn't work here yeah exactly yeah. so yeah, yeah that's that's another that's good we advice try.
5: we were talking about earlier
2: just how to it's very tough to love over, I love it how to overcome, overcome like the training issues with these teams and one kind of strategy you could have is is your teams can be structured in a way that maybe one group of developers, they they build the store features out. And then another it handles literally just subscribing to those selectors that that team provides and dispatching the actions that team provides. And so they can focus on the presentational like interactions with the UI, and then the, the other team can focus on the store and actually what happens. Because it, it
6: enforces a really good separation of concerns. Yeah, or if, if you're not sure which action to dispatch or whatever, you yeah. pair up you know, with a colleague, yeah. and that's a good way for you to start if, to learn it. If you yeah. had
0: said team, Wes, that you just described, and I think yeah. companies with 300 developers need that kind of a team. Yeah. But if you had that team, I think facades are beautiful because then you can say, hey, really put a I, layer have, in between. I have back-end developers that do back-end yeah. stack. I have front-end vertical. They do data layer. They do state management and talk sure. to the server. And they do air airflow control and stuff like that, and then I have my UI side of that that they consume that, and they make the app like consume these uh, this backend API type SDK, if you will, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. If you have that, the facades are beautiful because then the dude, con- the, sorry, the developer consuming this is just like they don't have to know anything about, about anything. They just uh, they just they're able to just say. Um, I want this data and I'm going to save this data. Like, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, but, um, no, no, I think it's a good point because at that
2: point, then the folks that understand NGRX are the ones building the facade and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's not the folks that don't get it, that are adding on their little bit of code that they need to do, you know, that throws it back into imperative world or whatever. So I think that I'm, I'm okay with that for sure.
0: Yeah. We've had a lot of good conversation today. I know that we're kind of we started a little late and we're bumped up. We're bumping up on the time. Does anyone else have any last like Wes Grimes grinding questions that we want to ask before we kind of move on to the picks?
6: I'm kind of curious how you got involved with the actual NGRX team. I don't know if we want to go there uh, in this yeah. podcast, but I would be interested in hearing what has your experience been with going from NGRX user, right? So I'm a consumer mm-hmm. almost, if you will, of NGRX and Uh, you know, learning the best practices and all that kind of stuff, but also how do you then get into actually, you know, submitting pull requests and contributing to the NGRX platform and and talk a little bit about your experience going through that process and maybe some of the struggles that you had. For me, it was
2: because uh, the documentation wasn't for me, it wasn't where I needed it to be. And so I, you know, I wrote that, that article for my team. And then from there, it was like, I started doing pull requests on docs and just that process with cool. working with, nice. with Brandon. Yeah. Brandon Roberts and, and tend to Shriver, the, those two guys working with them was such a breeze and they were so helpful when I was first contributing. And so it started with that. And, and then, you know, uh, schematic. So I kind of came into a li- lot into the library, um, is more of contributing the the gaps that I saw in, in my use of it. And so I wanted to be part nice. of the solution
6: instead of just yeah. whining about some well, library already, not working. Right. But you've seen those gaps. And so you said, hey, I want to help, you know, kind of fix these things that I I think I can contribute in that manner. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah, 100%. And then from there, it
2: was just, you know, um, it was almost natural. Since I was already, you know, contributing so much and, and educating publicly about it. I was invited to join and I was glad to do
0: it. So, very cool. I guess I have one last big thing. And anytime I'm talking with like a core team member, this is, this is a question I would ask. And you're, you probably get tired of it, maybe. What new features are coming out soon that people can kind of <laughs> expect? Because that's our version
6: 12. Version Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: What's
0: coming out that people are going to be excited about?
2: The good stuff is we're, we're expanding our, our platform to be more than just state management, right? And so the big, the big key there is everything within GRX. I mean, even the acronym NG Angular and then RX reactive is the idea that we're trying to provide reactive libraries that complement Angular. And so we have a new component, NGRX component, uh, request for, for comment out there. And we're getting really close to, to an experimental, you know, labs kind of release for that, that the idea, and I think, you know, Mike Ryan gave a talk on it recently. The idea is to, if we're thinking about NGRX's actions as events and trying to stay, you know, declarative and in an observable world, then we yeah. want to enhance the component using the IV, the new IV engine, Yep. and provide more natural ways so that we're not having to manually do, in, do a store.dispatch every time and subscribe to a selector. Like the inputs and outputs kind of just work for us.
6: Right, and so nested async pipes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That is definitely very very soon on the horizon and, and a very experimental release. That's probably the biggest one. It's called NGRX Component.
6: And so there's an RFC out there that people can yes. comment on?
2: Yeah, there's, uh, there's an RFC out there. Michael Hlotke is kind of the one that, that it, uh, has proposed some good solutions, and so we're working through that.
6: Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so those that didn't catch that, Mike Ryan gave a talk at Angular Connect, and you can get it on YouTube, called Building with Ivy, Rethinking Reactive Angular. That's a really great talk. You should pick it. I was going to pick it, but then Wes took it from me. <laughs> Post the link. Oh, I will. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, I feel like we had a good chance to talk about Wes's world and what he, how he's influencing the community. West um, World. The West World um, <laughs> on MTV. What was that called? Real
5: World. Real World. Yeah. Real
0: World. <laughs> West World.
5: No, West World um, is the, the. It's
0: like Wayne's World, but West World. <laughs>
5: No, Westworld West uh, West TV series. Party time. <laughs> excellent. Okay,
0: you know. Sorry, I don't know the, the one Shai's talking about. Sorry, Shai.
5: No, I'm dreaming. Okay, the anyway. HBO show. Yeah, yeah West the World. HBO show. Westworld. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's about you, Wes Grimes, and your <laughs> duplications in virtual reality. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by flatfile.io. CSV import is broken. I mean, don't you cringe when you think about how to account for messy data, edge cases, encoding formats, you have that comma or quote in the wrong place, and explaining it to end users, it, that, that's just a mess. Building and maintaining a custom importer is a huge time suck and a royal pain. That's why the folks at Flatfile created an elegant import button. Their CSV import integrates into any web app, and provides auto-column matching, data validation, and an intuitive user experience with just a few lines of code. Flatfile's pre-built SDKs and extensive configuration options make it easier for you to ship the importer you've always wanted. As a listener of this show, you can get a 20% off your first year with the code DEVCHAT, that's capital D-E-V-C-H-A-T, get it at flatfile.io, never build a CSV importer again. Boy, wouldn't that be nice. All right, so let's move on to the pick section. Does anyone
5: want to jump first with their picks? Ooh, ooh. Oh, oh, shy. I heard I your hand I'm... go up. I love doing monkey voices. Anyway, so my pick, I have two uh, lectures uh, about RxJS. One is from Hannah Howard from JSConf 2018 called RxJS, a better way to write front-end applications. I really like the metaphors she uses and uh, all that, so watch her talk. And also another one by Ben Lesh from, I think, Angular, New York, called Creating an Observable from Scratch. He's doing live, a live coding session. And, That's cool. Yeah, and, and it's kind of similar to what Andre Stalt did a year ago, but giving more information and actually showing how stuff works like behind the scenes as the one who created it or wrote it so really really cool really in-depth and i feel that all rxjs like users or consumers should know rxjs to the bones uh, in order to not like end up with like crises and stuff like that so watch those talks and and the like and uh and learn so i'll put the links and those are my picks
0: awesome be love
5: i had two picks but we already talked about
6: mike ryan's talk which was great uh check it out on youtube the other pick that I have is I watched this documentary. Have You guys heard of The Great Hack? Anybody? Yeah. Have you seen it?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I turned it off. I was too upset.
6: It's good, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic documentary. And if you're interested in, like, it cer- certainly surrounds, like, the whole thing with Cambridge Analytica. Uh, it's not political. So they mentioned some things in terms of, like, Brexit or the 2016 U.S. elections but they really don't get political, I felt. Uh, but they really talk about like data own- data ownership as a right and really kind of open your eyes in terms of what's being used with your data. And you may not be aware of it. And so it's a really good movie. So check it out.
0: Yeah, it's, it is really good. All right. I will go next. I'm going to go before Jennifer goes. That's really my strategy. So I'm picking an artist. Her name is Lizzo. Damn you! So, <laughs> <laughs> here's the reason. So, Jennifer got me listening to Tay Tay. Okay. I don't know if she intentionally did that, but it worked. And so, my daughter, so yeah, all of a sudden you start on Tay Tay, next thing you're on Miley Cyrus, and you're on all these other G- Billie Eilish. You're, you're on so many like people you had no idea were like alive. And you're loving it all of a sudden. And anyway, my favorite so far that's kind of popped up in this genre is... Her name is Lizzo. She's got some of the best feel-good music I've ever heard. And uh, cool. so check her out, Lizzo. She's a fantastic artist. So that's my thing. Jennifer, would you like to proceed now that I have prosund?
3: You're such a jerk. How did you know I want to do that? I was going like, to do this like cute little NGCOM shout-out thing too. But anyway...
5: Okay, but so a taking specific- shout out back. I'm taking it with me. I'm taking <laughs> I, I, the shout out I'm with me. No shout out for you. By the way, Fro- Frosty, with all the new pop stars that you're uh, getting acquainted with, are we going to have uh, different karaoke songs Picks uh, this Ooh. year in NGConf from you? Tay-tay?
0: I'm actually already prepared. It's going to be Lizzo. Lizzo will be my karaoke, so yes. I'm already preparing it.
5: Your spirit uh, animal, karaoke spirit animal.
0: She's so good, but uh, I, I, won't, I won't do justice to the song, but I'm going to try. Cool.
5: All right.
3: My pick specifically was going to be uh, Lizzo's Truth Hurts overlaid to the um, Aristocats cartoon <laughs> movie because that, like, I, I retweeted that. that. That was fantastic. I have la- like watched it several times a day. But.
5: Part two? Oh, what? There is a part two for the Aristocats?
3: No, cartoon. Sorry. Oh.
5: Cartoon. Okay. Yeah. No,
3: part two is the Lizzo song. Um, uh. My other pick was going to be uh, a link that I just posted in the chat. So, because the CFP for NGConf is now open, it is a list of uh, getting started speaking resources. And so that was going to be the pick of the week. So, I could encourage people who have thought about speaking before to submit to one of the best conferences out there. That's awesome. I like it. Even oh. though the organizer stole my pick.
6: Well,
0: you know, we're just trying to do what we do here on the Adventures in Angular podcast, yeah. <laughs> stealing each other's picks one pick at a time. All right, so shy, or sorry, you already went. I meant Wes.
2: No, ben no, Wes. no, I
5: can go again. It's okay. Wes doesn't need to pick. And- <laughs> 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 go ahead, Wes. Mine
2: would be Angular girls, ng girls. I just did. Uh, was able to be part of the 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 free online workshop that this thought put on last week. And there's another one coming up at Angular, Angular DC that Tracy King is organizing. So I think it's just a really cool organization for anyone that identifies, you know, as a girl or woman that they're able to get mentored for free if they wanted to jump into to programming in
5: Angular. So I think it's awesome. Shout out to shmoela Jacobs.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, everybody, thanks for being here. Wes, you were a great guest. Thanks for yeah, letting thank us you, bombard you with questions and opinions. Yeah, if the community wants to reach out to you, ask you questions, or just get in touch for other reasons, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
2: I guess Twitter is probably the best way. My handle is at wes w e s grimes g r i m e s. So
0: at Wes Grimes, yeah. reach out to him. He's uh, he's a good one to follow. Either way, so go ahead and follow him on Twitter too. So yeah, thanks for coming on. And panelists, thanks for getting here. I know your days are busy. So thanks for being here. And then to the listeners, I'll just say thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Peace.
5: Bye. Thank you, Wes. You're
2: welcome.
0: Thanks for having me on. Adventures in Angular is a devchat.tv production made in partnership with Hero Devs. Hero Devs is a group of Angular experts who can help your team code like true developer heroes. If your team needs an Angular expert, reach out
4: to Aaron at hero.dev today. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by CashFly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with CashFly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.